Welcome back to another episode of Who's on the Lord's Side. Today's discussion will be about um, Satanism in medicine. Okay, I wanted to talk about this subject because I feel like, although a lot of people are aware that there are a lot of um, strange occurrences going on in the world and things aren't what they appear to be, and that you know a lot of places like governments and the banking world and, and, and you know, uh, politics have been infiltrated. I don't know that a lot of us really are paying attention to healthcare these days, the healthcare industry and how much it has changed. And so today I want to kind of shine some light or kind of um, just kind of raise awareness to everyone about just how much Satan has infiltrated the healthcare system, how, how Satan and science itself is um, a big trademark of Satan. And one that has been severely overlooked. So I wanted to talk about this because the topics as I come across them or as I bring them up is not necessarily something that I... Sometimes there's something, there are things on my heart like as I go along talking to you all, I um, automatically think of something else to talk about. And other times I don't know, even though there's so, such a vast array of subjects that can be discussed concerning the Word of God in this world and, this, and the truth... Sometimes you just don't know where you want to head to next. It was last night when I was laying in sleep that it fell on my spirit that I remembered I had said something about healthcare and how how um, satanic I always felt healthcare. I always seemed to be in movies and film. If you ever look back to like the old, because um, we we have never really seen the ancient asylums. And we haven't really seen like um, we weren't living during. Well, I was not living during World War One and World War Two, you know. So I or was a nurse during that time, so I didn't see what healthcare was like. But I think if we look at it, we kind of get. I get like a grim feel of it. I mean, like if you really think hospitals is in that setting is kind of creepy today because it's germy and there's a lot of like um, sick people there and people's souls that come in and go out every day. It's not necessarily like the best place to be all the time. It's kind of really depressing. A lot of times people don't want to be there and they might harbor some bad memories either for them. But um, if you think about them, they're pretty creepy. I mean, the asylums were, it seemed as if nobody really knew what they were doing. Let's be honest. In early medicine, people didn't really know what they were doing. So uh, human beings were coming off as cattle. You don't believe me? Ask the Tuskegee Airmen. You know, um, this is a fact. People were, were being lobotomized and had holes being drilled until they had. It, it was a lot of trial and error that took place in the study of science before they started to get it right. Like I was mentioning in the previous episodes, how many brains you think they had to go cut out of one human to go and then take out the other human's brain, the, the bad brain out to figure out how to keep that human alive while their brain was out to go. How many, you understand what I'm trying to say? If I'm trying to paint you a picture, if you think about it, you got to understand there's a lot of sadistic stuff that went on. All right. Now, according to the word of God, and I'm, this is just to start off with, there is nothing in there that says anything about if somebody's dying because of an ailment or because they're sick or whatever the reason is that someone or a high priest, even in the tribe of Levi, was supposed to ever go in and take out somebody's brain or harvest an organ from this person and put it into this person and all this other stuff. So long story short, it was something that I said in the previous episode, but while I was um, laying down last night and tossing and turning in my spirit, it came to me in Leviticus about the consuming of the blood. And eating of the blood. And I'm like, well, that's a good topic. But when I thought about it, immediately in my spirit, it, it started to go into something concerning medicine and blood. So I woke up 
looking for the verse and then trying to sit there and just figure out what to say about that because I knew I was going to connect it to medicine somehow. And then it just started opening up this like whole ripple of conversation going back to healthcare. So the first thing I want to talk about is, um, I guess, Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Let's go there first. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. And that says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Okay. Now, here we have the Lord saying that the life of the flesh is in the blood. Now, we believe that to be true for a lot of reasons. DNA believes that, I mean, or proves, I should say, that the life of a person is in their blood. When Abel was killed and slain by his brother Cain, we know that there was life still in his blood. It cried out from the ground. So we know that blood does have ownership to someone. And we also know that if someone is wounded, or I should say fatally wounded, that there will be a loss of blood and, and a certain amount of loss in blood will equal to that person bleeding out, which will eventually lead to them dying. Now, can somebody die and still have their blood in them? Yeah, of course. You know, some people have heart attacks all the time. But it pretty much says that the essence or the soul of the person is in the blood. So throughout the Bible, we have a lot of scripture based or surrounding, you know, the blood. We have the blood of Christ being referenced to many times as, as, as being um, the blood that will redeem all sin and save all souls. But we also have that the Lord said that no one should eat the blood. So in Leviticus 7 and 27... It says, um, or I should say 26 through 27, it says, Moreover, ye shall eat no manner of blood, whether it be of fowl or beasts or of beasts in any of your dwellings. 27, whatever soul it be that eateth any manner of blood, even that soul shall be cut off from his people. So it says, don't eat it from a fowl or a beast. So automatically in your food, when, you, when you're cleaning your food, which you're going to talk about that, you're supposed to make sure that it's cleaned well. And then on top of cleaning, you're supposed to make sure that it's cooked thoroughly so that there is no blood. It says, whatever soul it is that eateth any manner of blood. So now if we go from either from, from limiting it to beast or fowl to saying that it is, it, it is not limited to beast and fowl, but any manner of blood that is consumed or any soul that eateth any manner of blood. It just said the life is it. So it's like a soul eat another soul or something. That soul shall be cut off from another people. Now, when you're talking about, we're going to talk about food now. First, we're going to talk about food before we go into science. We're talking about food. Now, I don't know. Every culture is different. Every culture is different. How they prepare their meals and especially on how they prepare their meat. 
Now, the islands, from what I know of, in my household, what we were taught, and what my mother was raised, and her grandmother, and so on, was raised, is that when you get an animal or meat that you're going to cook, it don't matter if it's a seafood, it don't matter if it's a, um, a red meat or whatever, chicken. Once it's a meat and you're cooking, you got to clean thoroughly. So not only are we cleaning with warm water and, and um, vinegar and lemon or lime juice, okay, that's just on the outside. That's the first initial preparation. But there also comes a situation where there's a boiling of water or some kind of hot water that's boiled. It's not boiled to cook the meat so much as it's boiled to just to a nice temperature, a very nice hot steaming temperature where you then pour that water, that hot water over whatever bowl, pan, um, pot that your raw chicken is in that's already been in the vinegar and the water and the lime and the juice. And then you pour that hot water in there. And then that my mother has always taught me is to, because uh, you got when you got the chickens and stuff cut up and, and the, I don't care, whatever you eat, turkey necks or whatever it is that you got in turkey, whatever you're eating, right? You do know that when it's bleeding in, in, in those areas where the arteries are and where those, where, where those joints have been cut, it's still bleeding there. So even though your meat might be still clean from the lemon and the vinegar, you got to, my mother, like my mother said, you got to kind of seal off the ends to make sure that bleeding stops. You got to stop that bleeding. Because if you take it from that vinegar, lemon crap, and then you go put it in the pan and start with your oils and, 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 your, and all that beautiful stuff y'all want to put in there and thymes and to making thyme and the peppers and all of this and garlics and all of this and all of that, you didn't seal off them ends. So as your sauce is marinating and getting color and all that, you're not realizing that all that blood just went and seeped up in there. It's the same thing with burgers. That's why, like, when the um, Foreman Grill came out or something like that, it, came, it became better because you could kind of get the stuff to slide off because there's a lot of time in that flat pan. There's a lot of burgers that just sit there. If it's not in the grill or something, just the blood just kind of sit around there. But my point is with that, how many times you don't watch a cooking show, right? And we know whatever, but you know, we there's, there's only usually one race of people on TV with a cooking show. And I ain't talking about y'all in general. I'm just saying, you know, let's just say we're watching a regular cooking show. You're watching people and they just take the meat and they just take it fresh out. And the meat is so raw and they slap it on the plate. And all of a sudden they're like, and then I'm going to dry rub it with some, and then I'm going to put some paprika and slap it on. And you're like, oh, I, I mean, I cringe every time because I'm like, ew. Like, I know it's a cooking show. And I know that you cannot do everything like you're supposed to. I'm not stupid. I, okay, so they say we're going to bake for 35 minutes, right? They put it in there, let it bake for 35 minutes. But in all honesty, we never wait 35 minutes. They already have this done thing to show you what it's going to look like in 35 minutes, right? They already have an after for you. And then they cut into it and then they do the taste. They say, oh, it's so delicious. And it's all that, right? But... My point is, if I, I could get that, but if they had came on the show and they showed you a bird that was already uh, vinegared down and lemon down and then maybe had some warm water and then it looked that way because they also have like a white look to it over it. It's not necessarily it's still raw, but it doesn't have that pinkish look. It'll have like this other kind of look to it when you put the, the, when you put the water on it, the warm water on it. You could say, well, before the show, we cleaned the chicken with the... You, they never say that. So I know for a fact they don't do that. They just take it out. And so there's a lot of people, let's just be honest, that's just eating, long story short, raw meat, medium rare meat, and rare meat. And they swear up and down it's about vitamins and nutrients. And that when when things are well cooked, I don't know what you're talking about because the children, the Hebrew Israelites and the children of Israel, they was a barbecuing people and they was roasting daily. 
they was roasting up in the temple. They was roasting up in the out. That's all they did was roast things. Kill a kid and gut it and get some and 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 and, and put some and, and get some and some savory spices and all of that. And we barbecuing every day. That's all they did was roast in the altar. Okay, so don't tell me that they was in there uh, making anything that was this uh, what you call medium rare or whatever. Also, it tells you not to eat it. So anybody who likes to eat it and, you know, you hear a lot of things today because a lot of people follow a lot of diets and new trends and things because everybody wants to be healthy, live forever, live long, stay youthful, whatever. You're not supposed to eat the rare meat. So I wanted to really stress that point. And that's just an animal. Because you're consuming the life of an animal. We're already brutish and we already have brutish bodies. But now you're consuming the blood of an animal, which is like so nasty to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody could ever, everywhere I go, you know, and they always should ask you every time you go to a restaurant, would you, I extra weld, I don't care, give me a crispy outer crunch. I don't want to see nothing pink up in there. Okay, it's so disgusting. But they teach people that that's the way to eat it. You know, I think about um, Mother Dearest or Mommy Dearest and Christina were not wanting to eat it and cutting into it and all that blood pouring out. And her mother just told demonic, satanic mother told her to eat that. Because they have violence in it. It's just so nasty. So if you're not supposed to eat the blood of animals, long story short, why is it that um, Jehovah's Witness and all these other people who have been um, criticized, why are they wrong with saying that blood transfusions and organ donations and things of that nation is abomination unto God? Okay. Now, I know in the past I didn't understand where people was coming from because, see, I wasn't discerning. I wasn't reading in the Word of God. But now when I think about it and I understand what it is and how the life is in the blood and all of that, and I understand how important blood is. Blood isn't just important in the fact that Yeshua came down and he died on the cross and his blood now is um, was shed for remission of our sins because we all know that the, the, uh, for the remission, the shedding of blood is the remission of sin. You need blood to make atonement, which is why they make sacrifices of the animals on the altar. So we know that. But we know that blood is also precious because it defines who we are. If you wanted to know or identify who a child is um, or who their parents are or something, you take a DNA test. And the DNA test does go down to the saliva, but also it could be done in a blood test. But it goes down to a who you are. That's who you are genetically in your bloodline, in your DNA, in your genes. It's who you are. You understand? So when you're talking about blood transfusions... They start to split your identity down to are you an A or a B or an O or an AB, or now there's RH negative, which if, if you don't know it's an RH negative, that almost proves us almost something like a serpentine bloodline because these RH negative people are different. Them's them people with the bloodline that comes out, I think, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me, with the tail. You know, the people that's, that's born with the, well, yeah, with that, with them Nephilim traits, with a with tail. You know how some people's born with webbed toes and webbed fingers? But science will fix them right out before they come out, you know, like because the webs in the fingers when they're babies and the little nub that comes out, that's not a full tail. That's like a budding tail that comes out with them. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, especially people in the Caucasian race, I'll say it. But I'm not saying there's not other people in other races that's not mixed with the RH uh, blood in them that comes out with all these traits. And unless they tell you, because I had kids when I grew up with them that told you uh, I had an extra pinky. I had webbed fingers, I had webbed toes, I was born to tail. That's I know these things, but what happened? Well, the doctor took a string and they tied it around the extra finger, the extra toe, or they it was soft, it was cartilage, so it's, while I was young, they cut it off, and so and so, whatever. But my point is now, if you're not supposed to consume the blood, because I feel like once you consume anything, if it's a food, I like to think like it's going to be in your body for as long as you have it in you until you excrete it. But at the same time, you are what you eat. So there are things that we eat and we become, you know, like the foods that we eat make up who we are. We all know that we are what we eat. 
So now if you consume the blood, which everybody be like, oh, that's so nasty. Why would I drink anybody's blood or taste anybody's blood? Or the, you know, if you drink animal blood, you should stop or, or, or eat rare food, you should stop. But if it's inside you, I have a feeling that it doesn't necessarily come right out of you. There's something about the blood I don't feel that necessarily just comes right out of you. I don't know that anybody really excretes blood so much it might just become one with you. You understand? Now, <clears throat> if you're not supposed to consume it, why would you have other person's bloods floating around in your persons? If you're not supposed to consume it, and even in consuming it in an animal meal with a chicken or a beef or, 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 or whatever, that still might have some real blood in it. Depending on how often you eat meat in a month or a week, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess you could say that would add up to a lot of of blood consumption but when you're bleeding out and you got to get a try i don't know people's going to give me the argument about well you're dying and i, I got stuff for that too because this all comes back to trusting god and god being the chief physician because you never know but when, when it all comes down to getting somebody else's blood there's usually it's about a good gallons or a couple pints we're talking about that's a lot you know what i'm saying that that comes up into you and when we're talking about organ donations you want to talk about forgetting justin you done made somebody else's organs or pieces of them parts of you i just want to say that a lot of times we don't know where we're getting these organs from and we don't know where and i'm going to tell you the horror story in them too because you could all say that they're saving lives but guess what there's a lot of times that blood end up turning to be bad the blood didn't end up going up with the body anyway the blood ended up being bad as in when they tested it at the blood donation it was fine but come to find out it was contaminated anyway because science is all about money now these days they don't necessarily really care they are um people who are harvesting organs on the black market. They are harvesting these um, organs from places and bodies they're not supposed to be harvesting them from. People who have uh, kidneys that are ridden with cancer and other ailments that took out the body. They're not eligible candidates, even if these people were donors or said they uh, didn't want to be donors and they're harvesting them. And they're selling them on the black market because the price is very high for an organ or a heart or whatever. Now, what happens to a lot of these people that finally receive a heart if you're lucky? Which, please know that the elite go to the top of this list. As a matter of fact, if you don't know about cloning, there's a lot of them that clone themselves just so they could harvest it from themselves. And then their clone sits there and eat healthy food or somewhere in a, in a bunker. You don't have to believe me. As you go further on your studies, you'll find out. But my point is, they say Trayvon Martin was sacrificed for a heart for Cheney. I don't know how true that is, but you should look it up. But my point is, there's a big market out there for that. So now you have someone else hearting you. How many horror stories have we heard about that? People who have had eye transplant, all of a sudden they started having visions of this person that used to live before them up until the moment they died. Science is going to try to tell you that's a dream you have and that's your mind. No, no. The body and the, the Lord said that the blood itself, if you consumed it, would be equivalent to the soul. It said it right there. It says that when you, it says that you're not supposed to eat any matter of blood and anybody that eats any matter of blood, that soul will be cut off from the people. You are soul in, in having pieces of another soul in you. God didn't design you to have other pieces of nobody else up in you. Can't nobody tell me that to live longer or not. Our days are numbered come hell or high water. Okay. There's some people that, yeah, passed out, died. And they probably didn't make it to the emergency room to get the blood transfusion. And maybe a lot of people, because we wish so much for our loved ones to be here. We want so much for everybody to live forever. We want so much to keep them on the, trust me. You know, it's very hard sometimes, you know, people only the real radical faith warriors during that time know what God is doing and God is real and still trust God and don't lose their stepping in God. 
But those are the time when you're going to really start looking at the doctor like he is God and the hospital and science like it's God because it's right here and seems like an immediate fix whether than, other than the God in heaven above. Okay. And so if that person didn't make it, it's not to say that the God, that God didn't love them, but at least when they died, they died in their body. I keep trying to tell you that the body is very important because I did the heaven on earth episode where I told you you're coming right back up in your body. Some of you is coming back up with bodies with no organs. I'm sorry. Okay. No organs. Don't even talk about how they put us back in the ground, how they drain, how they drain out our blood and put embalming fluid in us. That's not the way. That's a satanic way they're putting us back in the ground. That's a whole nother episode. Even from the way you come into this world, how they traumatize the babies with the plucking and the slapping and swear up and down. That is to make sure that they senses is right. That's trauma. That baby ain't just crying because that, that child, we got to slap the hell out there, beat the hell out this baby. I did just, they, people did videos on this. It's satanic. Even the way that they do the whole, um, and circumcisions, I don't even think they do it past the eight day. Everything they do in the hospital says, but we're not going to get into that right now. My point is with the blood, because we're on the scripture concerning the blood. The blood is not to be consumed. If it's not to be consumed through the mouth, why are you inhabiting um, gallons and pints of blood of somebody else in you? There's been people who have blood transfusions and had um, organ donations. Not only did they have visions, if it was an eye donation, but they weren't smokers. And all of a sudden, they took on the habits of the person. This is true. This is a fact. You can look it up. They've made whole movies about this through, through um, documented, true scientific studies about this. This person's a smoker now. This person's a drinker now. This person's dressing different now. This person is half, half the time it's them and half, half the time it's somebody else. This is how science prove what God was simply saying about how the life is in the blood. Okay, there's still traces of blood and traces of DNA in a person's organs and you harvest them and then you put them inside you. So I don't know. That at the, when Jamil Hovah's witness is saying this so much, it's not so much, it's like you, you're not understanding. If you think about it, it's really nasty. You don't want to see somebody blood on a, on a napkin. You understand? You don't want to see, like, I'm a woman. I go to the bathroom in public places. I'm, you know what we do, what our bodies go through once a month. I don't want to see nobody blood. I don't care if you show me 15 pounds. I mean, yeah, when you want to, when you, somebody's dying and people got to make decisions for you, they put blood. You know, they do what they got to do. People's stress. I get it. I'm not a fool. But what I'm simply saying is that when I, if I had to wake up and think about it, I'm like, whose blood is that? That's nasty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that's nasty. Now, if you had a transfusion, I do not mean to upset you. I do not mean to, 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 to make you feel some kind of a way. Because God is good, and he knows what the devil is doing. And he knows our hearts. He knows our mindset. You know what I'm saying? He knows the agenda. So I don't want anybody to feel that way if they know somebody. I'm not saying that. All I'm simply saying is you should know, you should understand that um, when you, when you, when there's consequences to that. So you do get life, but at the same time, it's like it's, it's your life on, on top of a different life. It's very weird. Now, I want to talk about this guy real quick named Bert Seelman, who was in part uh, or he was over like changing performance of athletes and other people so he was big on health now he said when he was 14 years old so when he was an older guy now so when he was 14 this was a little bit not as uh, advanced or as modern as medicine is today but he had a heart issue he said where he needed a heart valve now he said the heart valve that they wanted to give him at the time was a pig valve so it was a heart valve, but it was made of pig uh, stuff. Like it's a pig valve, okay? And he was only 14 years old. They told him that if he put the pig valve in him, 
for his heart condition, that it would give him an additional six to eight years, which would basically have him, you know, dying or I would say going on into glory around age 20. But he did not listen to the doctors and his family and him took a more holistic approach and they opted out of the pig valve and tried um, healing, working with um, people who healed with herbs and things of the earth, natural things, things that people have been doing since the beginning of time. Because you have to remember, science and medicine, they were so old. And you got to remember that people was birthing babies and having babies and all this stuff with vets and all this. Stuff. And I'm not saying, but I, there's people, I, half the stuff that goes on with my dog, I could treat myself through 1-800 pet meds or whatever. They are just making a bunch of money, scaring you half to death, bring your dog in every so often. And one day you're going to bring your dog in and they're going to say, they got to put your dog down. You know, but the point is, animals have been living. And I'm not saying animals don't need health and care, but God is great. God is awesome. If there was never a doctor, you think these animals are just, just going to drop dead like that? Because they don't know, because they have humans and there's herbs in the ground. I mean, let's be honest, even penicillin came from moldy bread. So you didn't need no doctor to do that. You just needed some bread to go bad and somebody to get hungry and accidentally weed when they were sick. God put two and two together for you. We would have got it after a while. We did. We've been doing, we was doing great for a very long time. So um, because he went to the healers, he became to understand what a lot of people come to understand. What a lot of people come to know, especially if they dealt, especially with the way the healthcare is today. And I've been, not me, myself personally, but I've had loved ones go through there. And I'm telling you, it's a nightmare. It is the devil's reign in there now, especially after Obamacare. Obamacare is the worst thing that happened to health care. Obama screwed up everybody with that. You know, you should really do some studies on that and see and stop, stop worshiping the man, especially black people thinking that he really is here for you because he never did nothing for you. Sit down. And the other thing is, I'm black, don't worry, I can say that. And the other thing is, he was related to all these other presidents before, so it was a gimmick, it was a sham, like, stop it. Now, what I wanted to go talk about, I wanted to talk about the caduceus in um, healthcare. The caduceus is the symbol of the needle or the pole with the two intertwined serpents that go up with the wings on it. And then there's like this, uh, like a small globe with the wings, basically a small globe with wings with a staff and um, snakes that are intertwined with it. Now, that symbolizes hermetic medicine. And when you're talking about hermetic medicine, uh, we're talking about modern, modern medicine today. And hermetic medicine is modeled after the god Hermes. We do, now, I'm doing all this now to start to connect the pagan origins of medicine and the symbols that they use. Because symbols are very important. So, Hermes, or Hermes Trimegistus, I cannot pronounce that, but translates into thrice greatest Hermes. And that's because he had about like three main uh, jobs or positions that he carried out. But pretty much Hermes, as we know, is a Greek god who they're now using to represent hermetic medicine today. Now, the caduceus um, with the wings represent the wings of an angel. And that angel would be Lucifer. And the little light above it would represent him as the angel of light because he held the light. Okay. And although Satan has manifested himself unto man in various forms over thousands of years, his apparition that mostly sticks with people or the famous apparition that mostly sticks with the human race is the one of the serpent. So you have in medicine the serpent. Now, the, it has gotten confused with another symbol that is supposed to be for medicine, which is um, the rod of Asclepius. And that one has no um, wings. 
Okay, and it doesn't have two snakes, it only has one snake. But even that is connected to a, a, um, a Greek god who also has um, pagan origins. And a lot of these pre-Greek gods go back to Babylon. And then you're going to see that even with the wing, it represents like the sun wing that's from Egypt. With Egypt, it gets a lot of this stuff from ba um, Babylonian, pagan, Sumer, Enki, Elmil days. And all of this is just um, Egypt revisited. So um, let me go back to scripture real quick, though. I want to jump in real quick before I do that. I'm going to go to scripture and I'm going to take a break. Let's go to Acts 15. Acts 15, 19 through 21. Acts 15, 19 through 21. It says, Many of them also which use curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they continued the price of them, and they founded 50 thousand pieces of silver okay and then it says after these things were ended paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through the macedonia and the akia to go to jerusalem saying i must have been there i must also see rome now unless i have the wrong scripture which i might Oh, I'm sorry. Acts 15. I'm reading the wrong thing. Child, my, this I'll be trying to tell y'all. Acts 15. <laughs> Acts 15, 19 through 21. Wherefore, my sentence is that we trouble not them which are from among the Gentiles that are turned to God. Verse 20. But that we write unto them that are that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled from blood. 21. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preacheth him being read in the city of God in the city every Sabbath day. So meaning you should know this because Moses law is read in the Sabbath day. Um, it's that read in the synagogue every Sabbath day that you are not to consume blood and especially blood from strangled things. Now, this is another reason why um, a lot of people now people stray from meat these days for a lot of reasons. So people are straying from meat because obviously there's a lot of this is other thing about clone people. You still think they can't clone meat, but you know they cloned the chicken at KFC. Come on, guys, wake up. The other thing is they're not just those little things they could clone quick from birth. Who cares? Because literally it takes three months. Let me for my my dog, my puppy, she's a puppy, I think it's like three months for a dog to be born. And so these things you could who cares? Now he'll human to grow, you can still do the clones as the baby's growing up from birth into like little baby you into growing up, okay? And then they have advanced it where they can literally almost damn near scan you and produce you within um a matter of hours simply using like a form of DNA. Okay. These people are highly advanced. They have the mind of Satan. That's how they doing it, okay? And then Avatar is one of those kind of things that kind of show you that kind of thing. And all of this is trial and error to do things. But that's one of the reasons people eat meat. Because look at it. The people, the youth today are coming out super-sized. And not just in weight, but I mean like the girls are younger than me. And their breasts are like humongo. And it's because of the hormones in these foods, Okay, a lot of inner city places, you know, we don't they don't have access to um, 
I guess you could say a lot of farmers markets with fruits and vegetables thing they so nine out of ten if the households are struggling with income and need food you're gonna eat a lot of like fast food you're gonna eat a lot of things and a lot of the, you know my point is though the foods have a lot of hormones and, and contamination and pesticides in it but with the hormones these kids are coming out looking really way much older than I am you know even the younger guys are like really they're only like 34 like 24 they, the beers make them look like they're 36 so it's just like everybody's just coming out looking like super weird so if it wasn't because of the the clone chicken you had um the diseases that was coming along with it like with red meat and stuff like that but this is why the kosher people or the jewish people of the day go by kosher food because they like to know how was the animal killed was this animal strangled because like it says here in verse 20 acts 15 verse 20 it's not supposed to be strangled so certain animals people are just eating it just saying well it's chicken so i know it's clean but at the same time, if it's if and some people are just not eating meat anymore because let's be honest, they're 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 vegetarians and they don't believe in animals being killed for food. But me, I think I'm about to start leaving it alone because now I don't know, I don't know that how it was killed. You can't say how it was killed. There's a lot of um animals that are being raised and eaten certain things they ain't supposed to be eaten. So while the animal itself, the chicken or the beef and the insides of whatever it was consuming you are what you eat you become what it is that it ate you know what i'm saying so there's a lot of people when they're doing the kosher stuff that's why they the culture the world is very important if it don't have that on it then they're not eating it because they know that those things go by the levitical laws of uh, moses concerning the eating of the food i'm going to take a break and i'll be back after the break to continue with um more about the satanic agenda in healthcare. Okay, we're back from break. So when we last left off, we were talking about uh, the caduceus, which is the insignia that is used as a symbol to represent medicine. It is a small globe with wings on a staff, especially in Western medicine, which is America, where we live. And then you have the snakes intertwined. Um, the wings are to represent that of an angel, which is the angel or the fallen angel, Lucifer. And then light above it is supposed to represent the angel of light, which is Lucifer, who held the light before he fell. Now, as we know, the surface going of the rod will represent um, Satan. Because as we know, even though he manifested to be in kindness in all forms of deities and gods the most famous apparition that he used to appear unto man especially the one that caused man to fall was that of the serpent okay so you have two serpents going up and then you have the rod of alcephidus which is the one that's supposed to use for medicine but also it's a rod that has one serpent going up so either way you have the serpent now uh why is why is uh, the symbol used or why is it so popular in healthcare? today so when we talk about hermes the god because it goes back to the greek god hermes uh we know that he had three jobs which was one alchemy the mixing of potions or pharmaceutical drugs pharmakia which is the greek word for uh, witchcraft or sorcery in the strong concordance is 5331 it comes out to to mean in the strong concordance sorcery is translated as or the word sorcery in the bible is translated as the use of medicine drugs or spells 
and usage of mass of magic sorcery enchantment medication it says magic literally or figuratively sorcery or witchcraft okay now you know how we have the iphone or you have a smartphone and every time you turn around when the iphone started getting new there was like a little saying where everyone said well there's an app for that there's an app for that well like for me with the pharmaceutical world or medicine world and science and and, and the healthcare system it's like there's a pill for that every time you turn around there's a pill for that or a, a magic uh drug um, some kind of sorcery or a magic medication. It is a form of witchcraft. You know, you don't want to get pregnant. There's a pill for that. Can't get an erection. Can't get aroused. There's a pill for that. Can't sleep. There's a pill for that. Don't want to. Don't want to sleep. There's a pill for that. Getting rashes. Like every time you turn around, there's a pill for something, or is there some kind of over that's over the counter, or prescription. The second job of Hermes was commerce. And if you look at Big Pharma, you know it's just like bankroll. Every time you turn around, it's just more money um, being pushed in. It's like I said in the previous episode, as a criminal justice major at St. John's University in the, um, Queens, New York, I learned through my professors who not only taught in the field but also worked in the field that although they always say they want crime to go down and they want people to you know even with parking tickets and all the stuff the truth of the matter is worldwide the crime pays okay it pays a short time for criminals but it pays a long time for those on top we're talking about governors politicians down to your district attorneys and your uh court officers to your judges to your lawyers and so on and so forth, especially the police officers. Without crime, they would not have jobs. These counties where they have the jails would not have um, these tax breaks and so on and so forth. So basically, Hermes represented commerce or money. Third job for Hermes was that he was the escorter of the dead, the escorter of the dead to Hades. And if you look at the hospital, like I said, it's sometimes used as, you know, it's not used, but what I mean is like, it's kind of like, um, has a bad connotation, a negative kind of vibe to it for most people, kind of depressing. It might even, um, give some people a lot of bad feeling based on maybe personal experiences from their own health or family members. So the insignia is also called the Mercury's Wand because it goes back to, again, Greek mythology. So um, hermetic medicine means that it's completely sealed from air or escape, and it can't be affected, infiltrated by outside influences. It is also um, connected to occult science, which is also hidden. So there's some kind of, um, it is literally hermetic medicine. You can't even deny that. You can look it up yourself. But the thing with hermetic medicine or science or occult science, especially occult science, which obviously anything with the occult is connected to Satan, you know, is just just a bad thing. The truth of the matter is, is like I said before, mankind has survived uh, for a very long time without the need of hospitals and medicine people, um, not medicine people. Because what I mean is doctors, so to speak, you know, they had someone there and also God gave us the medicine we need right here in the earth. You know, indigenous tribes heal many different diseases and ailments every single day without the use of hermetic medicine. So I just want to state that the um, insignia is a Luciferian symbol. And for those people who don't want to believe it and they want to believe that the symbol means other things, because there are people who will tell you that all it simply means. Because if you look at these insignia of the um, 
healthcare logo with the serpent. You'll see that as the two serpents are intertwining, they keep going up and up and up. Every time that they're intersect, there's about seven points, six to seven points or that they meet at before they reach the top, which is like the light above the wings. And so these six to seven points are supposed to, well, really it's seven points, depending on how it's depicted, but usually it's seven points, and it's supposed to represent the intersecting uh Seven points is supposed to re- represent these seven chakras. So they'll try to explain it that way. And, you know, if that's what the they want to believe, that's one thing. But you have to understand, symbols mean something worldwide. So just like music or beats or music is universal, whether you have a beat or you understand the language or not, it's the same way that you, symbols are universal. You see the peace sign, which truly is a broken cross. You should look into that um, and understand that that's a broken cross. It's a pagan symbolism. But you understand that, and in any understanding, is that it still means peace. If you're not woke, you understand that it means peace. You see a stop sign local here in these states and miracles. You understand that stop sign. If you see a blue square sign with a white H on it, you understand there's a hospital in whatever direction the arrow points in. You see a yellow sign with a, with, a, with what looks like to be a, a mother and a child. You understand the children and and or families are crossing to yield to them. You see, you know, skull and bones, and we know now there's a society of skull and bones. You see that on a bottle or somewhere, you understand that's poison. You understand what I'm saying? You understand? So you see warnings, uh, simple, which is like the yellow triangle with the exclamation point. You understand that's a warning sign or whatever that, whatever. And so on. There's some sort of... So, so even if you want to ignore that, you can't ignore the fact that symbols are real. So being that the symbol represents Satan, I would want to say, would you go to Satan to be healed? You know, did Yeshua ask for money to heal the blind, deaf, mute, you know, to the lame that couldn't walk? Did he send Lazarus a bill after he raised him from the dead? So while you want to still want to, you know, still advocate for medicine, you have to understand while doctors are saving lives, they're getting this big old check. They're very similar to pastors who supposedly are spreading the truth. But the truth of the matter is if you want to save a life and you have the knowledge to save a life, then you'll just save a life off the fact of saving a life. You know what I mean? And while you can prolong a life, let's just be honest, certain ways that they prolong lives are just really contrary to the word of God in scripture. Like I mentioned before, the man who said that at one point they wanted to offer him a pig valve for his heart condition when he was 14 years old. And then you have incidences with his blood transfusions and many other things, you know, you have to think about that. So if you think even with blood transfusions, that said, well, you know, you're saving a life, you're saving a life. And I'm not saying that you're not saving a life. Obviously, clearly through science, we can see that somebody saved a life, you know. But what I'm simply saying is the blood is the blood. So if, I, if, they, if they said the blood of Jesus washes away all sin, and then they said Jesus had a blood transfusion, well, hold up now. That's a different blood that's in Yeshua now, isn't it? That's a different blood. And if that blood is mixing with his blood, how is that blood, that blood is now contaminated. It can't be pure enough to save and, and, and save from all sin. If you don't switch up my blood with somebody else's blood, I'm not completely in the blood or the form that I was born in of this father who created me. I am now having a different blood in me. So even though physically we know I was born of my mother, genetically inside me, you have changed me. Okay, this is genetic mutilation. This is very similar to what was going on uh, pre-flood. 
before Noah got in the ark with the genes getting all uh, annihilated and whatever. So basically what I'm saying is um, God is the chief physician and the author of our faith. You know, it is always said that the history of medicine was very sadistic or I feel I should say that the history of medicine has always been sadistic. Every time you turn around, you know, just things was unsterilized. Come on. If you think about the earlier days of medicine, come on, think about some of the horribles you leave in the house on Haunted Hill with the asylums and all of that. Things wasn't right. You know what I mean? Like, this was trial and error. These people was experiments. A lot of people in earlier science, it was experiments. There was a lot of too much going on. And then when you think about the cloning, why would man get so crazy wanting to clone a sheep, dolly, or whatever you want? Do you know science got a little crazy and sadistic? There's a lot of things that they do that, that just is abnormal. And I tell people all the time, if you don't believe it, first of all, they're cloning a mammal. If they why if they're gonna go at a mammal and we are mammals, why would they just stop at a dog or a sheep or chickens? And the chickens and stuff like that is, again, for greed, for the simple fact that they could care less what they're letting you eat and put inside you so much as they want to make their money. This whole situation is about making money, killing you off and making money. It's people sitting in hospitals every single day getting sick and getting on prescription drugs. There are people, you sit there, you see people all the time, you know, they're happy and all that. Guess what? They're hopped up on antidepressants, and I'm not judging. I'm just saying there's a pill for that. Okay? It's a lot of witchcraft stuff you're going on through the fact of simple uh, usage of these legal drugs. So, pharmacia in the Bible, if you go to Galatians 5, 19 through 21... Galatians 5.19-21 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lavishness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strifes, seditions, heresy. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of that which I tell you before, as I told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So now I would like to specifically look at the word witchcraft in verse 20. So witchcraft in verse 20 is in the Greek from the Strong's Concordance is 5331. Where's my Strong's? I taped it up too. Much better than it was a few episodes ago. So anyway, when you go to Strong's 5331, in the Greek, 5331, the word is pharmakia, like I mentioned before. And it says that that translates to medication, witchcraft. Remember, the original word is witchcraft that they use here in verse 20, but the Greek word was pharmakia, which means medication, magic, 
literally or figuratively sorcery or witchcraft. But again, medication. Okay, put that there. Or potions. Then if you go to Revelation 18, 23. Revelation 18, 23. It says, and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee, for thy merchants were great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. So now we're looking at the word sorceries in verse 23, which again in the Strong's Concordance translates to the Greek 5331 that I read before, which is meaning pharmacia, medication, because of your medications. So when it says here, because it says, were the great men of all the earth for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived for by thy medication were all nations deceived for by thy magic literally or figuratively all nations were deceived for by thy sorcery all nations were deceived and for by thy witchcraft which witchcraft makes sense to be interchangeable with sorcery because in the previous scripture I showed that they are both the Greek uh, Strong's Concordance 5331. Now, don't be so surprised that um, drugs are considered enhancements or um, charms or what have you. Because at the end of the day, you have artists who claim to have been influenced under, and writers, or any kind of artist whatsoever. To have been claimed to be influenced or under drugs or alcohol when they wrote a lot of their great works. Okay, so what is the Watcher or Nephilim connection with this, with charms and spells and pharmacia? For that, we would have to go into Enoch, and we will be in Enoch now, chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Okay, and I'll just read this now. And all of them together went and took wives for themselves, each choosing one for himself. And they began to go into them and to defile themselves with sex with them. Verse 2. And the angels taught them charms and spells and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants. And the women became pregnant, and they bare large giants, whose height were three thousand cubit ales. The giants consumed all the work and toil of men, and when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. Don't be surprised, it's the same thing as if a vampire vampire race turned and devoured mankind. It would be the same thing as if something from Pet Cemetery, like I mentioned all the time, came up out of that ground, that, that um, soiled ground, the poison ground, and attacked mankind because it's not of God. So anything without the Spirit of God is going to attack man, okay? So it says here, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. 
Verse 5, and they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh and drank the blood. So here we go. We have drinking of the blood again. But not only that, it says, and they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish. So remember, if we go back to Genesis 6. So this is when we have the incident of the flood. I just want to tie these two scriptures in together. So you have Genesis chapter 6. It says that um, verse 7 in chapter 6 it says, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air for it repented me that I have made them. So now when you're looking, you say, okay, Lord said, I will destroy man. Okay, you get that part. But then it says, um, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. Now, birds fly pretty high. So now we have a good idea of how high the waters went when we had Noah's Ark. But then you got to ask yourself, well, what did the birds do? What did the beast do? It's one thing if man was running around here carrying on, falling away from God's grace, falling away from his commands, following after Satan and the children of Cain. But what is it that the beast would have had to do and the fowls that had to do that they would have had to pay the price for man? And so what happened there was that people don't understand there was a lot of the same thing that's going on today, this whole experimentation of the bodies, they were doing a lot of that. That's why you have a lot of gods manifesting with the falcon heads and the human bodies and the elephant heads and all this. And the same thing with dinosaurs. A lot of the explanation for dinosaurs has to do a lot with this mixing that they would do. They would make a lot of abominations and what they would do was basically pervert the laws of nature, which is pretty much the original design of God, and create their own creations, where which are always anything Satan creates at all and kind of tries to breathe a breath of life to is like Frankenstein. You understand? It's weird and freakish, and it's not right, and it's not meant to mingle with us, which is why you go along with the wheat and tears. And I talk about the counterfeit humans all the time because I need everybody to know that they are walking amongst us in various colors and races. It's not just on top. And also what I want people to know about these people is especially if you're looking for them in a giant form, they have intermingled with man so much that the genetics have made it so you can't spot them by their height. You'd have to really know what you're looking for. You can go and do your studies on that and I'll do more on that a little later. But I just wanted to tie in verse 6 and 7 of Genesis to um, chapter 7 and 4 of Enoch where it says the giants consumed all the work and toil of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against and devoured men. Verse 5, and they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles. So they, Nephilim, started to mess with the the, the, gender, the the original design of them, which was God's design. And not only that, they drank the blood, which we're also talking about right now, how that's just an abomination. It's verse 6, 
the earth laid accusation against the lawless ones. Now, if you go to Enoch chapter 8, verse 1 through 4, it says, And Azazel, which Azazel, the name Azazel, I want to talk about that, which translates to the term scapegoat, which is found in Leviticus, I believe, or Deuteronomy, don't quote me, when they're talking about one of the holidays when they do the, um, I think the Day of Atonement, when they put the sins on the goat, and then they put it on the goat, and they let somebody leave the goat out. And it's called the scapegoat because they put all they transfer all the sins from the children of Israel onto the goat, and then somebody leaves the scapegoat out. And the term is also Azazel. And I know for a fact in scripture for the um, Torah or the Tanakh, because I have it here, that it doesn't say um, scapegoat in their translation. It says Azazel. And so Azazel is also mentioned here in the book of Enoch, but Az or I would say Azazel is Azazel. <laughs> it's Azazel. Azazel is also mentioned in other works a lot, especially in the pseudo pseudopergrapha, I cannot pronounce that for anything, that I've been reading lately, which is that new book, they really talk about Azazel a lot, so there's a lot of terms when they try to figure out what is really the true name of Satan, is it Lucifer, is it Azazel, or is it Satan, you know, or is it he the serpent, or whatever, but we have here in um, chapter 8, verse 1, and Azazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and taught them about metals of the earth and the working of them and bracelets and ornaments and the use of antimony and the beautifying of eyelids and all kinds of precious stones and all coloring and dyes. And don't be surprised about the coloring and dyes because I told you about in the books of Adam and Eve, one of the first colorings that they have was the color purple. And the color purple was something that they wore a lot with a lot of gold. And they sat under the holy mountain where the um, children of Seth were, who for some reason were impeccable because I guess of their bloodline. Obviously, we know that now Cain was um, the father was the serpent, the Satan himself. That's how we get the... Um, Hold the thirteenth Virgin belong where the Antichrist will come from, as it was prophesied in Genesis three fifteen. But long story short, they were standing at the bottom of the mountain trying to get the children of Seth to come down to seduce them unto sin, which they managed to do, and they did that for a year straight, just stood there day and night under there. And one of the the colors purple was there. So my color my point is by that time obviously the fallen angels had infiltrated they had um also makeup and music and um that they were playing all kinds of gadgets that the children of Seth had not learned because they were not engaging with the children with the fallen angels of um of, of, of that had fell with Satan and they eventually were let down the mountain and then when they tried to go back up they were cut off. So um it says here that and there was impiety and they turned away from God and committed fornication and were led astray and became corrupt in all their ways. Three, Sam Jaza, another uh, named demon, which just like the angels are named in the Bible, because I like to think they have some kind of weight. I like to think the ones that are named in the angel are um, or the hierarchy of Satan's minions. I like to think the ones that are named also probably hold some type of weight in his hierarchy or his um, kingdom of um, reign, whatever. So verse three, Sam Jaza thought the casting of spells and root cuttings now you gotta understand root cuttings is also um 
could be roots with plants. What you're talking about with plants, it could be anything with a plant could be put in your food or something you could ingest, okay? And also man-made um, pharmaceutical drugs, you know, something what's put in that and extracts from things. So our Maros taught counter spells, relief from spells. Barakiel taught astrology. Cocobel taught the constellations, portents, Ezekiel, the knowledge of the clouds. Arachiel, the signs of the earth, Shamsiel, the signs of the sun, and Sariel, the course of the moon. And as men perished, they cried, and their cry went up to heaven. Okay, so we have here that the fallen angel. So that my point with that is that the serpent seeing that as a logo, you have to understand um, sorcery, witchcraft, spell counting, counter spells, and everything that I just named. Um, sword making, weapons, things that destroy mankind, all things that destroy mankind, because saying the hater of all that is good, as they refer to him in the book of Adam and Eve, which is I love how they refer to that, saying the hater of all that is good, um, that's the first thing that he gave us. And so, um, in Matthew twenty four thirty seven, which was the next verse that, that I want to go to. Matthew twenty four thirty seven. Matthew twenty four. Come on, Matthew. All right. Okay, so Matthew twenty four thirty seven says, but as the days of Noah were. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, when people think about that, they think about the, the, the eating and drinking and the marrying. But what you don't understand is the genetic mutilation that was going on or the scientific experiments that was going on in that day. And again, a lot of this hermetic Hermes and these rod of Alcipicus and all that, that goes back to Greek mythology, which um, goes back to... Egyptian mythology because they say the two serpents could also represent Osiris and Iris and then also it goes back to Babylonian okay because remember this is all about Babylonian versus Jerusalem or Israel the tale of two cities or the tale of two bloodlines which again is why I'm stressing the importance of blood so like the coming or like they said here as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. We're talking about genetic mutilation. There's a lot of that going on today. It's very bad, actually, if you think about it. Okay, so that's how it is. We're getting closer to that time. Now, in Daniel, I want to go to Daniel 2 and 4. You have the iron mixing with clay. With clay. Now, when you're talking about the iron mixing with clay... It's very much like the um, wheat and the tares. Now, also, it could be prophesized as nations, but also it could be prophesized as just like the clay is not stronger than the um, iron, which is iron is the ones that was the original children of God, but you have clay. It's, again, the wheat and the tares that must go to together according to the parable of Yeshua until the end times where the tares are brought out and thrown into the fire, and then the, um, the rest is mixed, uh, is 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 reserved for the kingdom of heaven so now i wanted to talk about really quickly prescriptions now when you have prescriptions you know the rx the rx is the known 
symbol or insignia for prescription drugs, but the RX symbol is actually the Eye of Horus, identifying identifying the um mark of Horus, Jupiter, and Zeus. So the RX as the Eye of Horus links pharmaceutical drugs and pharmaceutical drugs park companies and science and medicine healthcare to the beast and potentially the mark of the beast. Why I say that is because um, RX is also an abbreviation for the Latin word recipere or recipe, which means take thou. So in other words, when you get a prescription and you take it to get fulfilled, it's the expression of RX is like a command to receive or take the drug or spell that's being offered by said doctor, drug, uh, um, um, licensed magician, wizard, <laughs> whatever you want to call. And I'm not judging anybody because I know people have, but you have to understand what it is because a lot of people don't know that. And I have family that works in healthcare as well. Like I said, over 20 years, my mom, my own mother, and a lot of other family members and friends as well coming in new. But one thing I want to say is that, you know, I, I noticed that a, about my family members and them is that, especially the ones that's been in there longer than anything, is that um, they become very desensitized. There's something about people that work in those kind of setting, settings with death around them and also people that work with, like, funeral homes and morgues and whatnot. They're very desensitized. People die even after, after a while. Even people around them will die that they knew for a very long time, even from childhood. I've seen it. Even my mom. And... You're just like, oh, somebody's eyes. Like, you would have thought it was like another patient. So, I already know there's something about it that just becomes a cold after a while. That now, am I saying there's not people of light in healthcare? Heck no, I'm not saying that. I'm sure there's, there's people of God everywhere. Just like there's people of Satan anywhere, everywhere. I'm just simply saying, you know, like a majority of people just become extremely desensitized. I worked with someone who was um, working with me during tax season. Oh, that's another thing I want to talk about soon. Let me get to that in a little bit. But at the same time, he was um going to school to be a, I don't know, working at a funeral. I can't remember the name, the proper term for that. And he said that he was interning at one, a funeral home at the time, and that he's someone close to him and passed away in his family. He can't hardly feel anything because it seems almost normal to him now. He can't feel anything, almost becoming like shells. But also concerning healthcare and Obamacare and the Satanism is it with it. And also, let me just, before I forget, I, gotta, I have got to let you all know some of the titles that I have found um, on the internet with articles that have been written concerning healthcare as being the devil. So um, here are some titles. It says, Helping... Um, Helping consumers make high-value healthcare choices. The devil is in the healthcare system. That was the NCBI. But let's go to um, let's go to something that you guys would like a prominent story, like the New York Times. The New York Times said on healthcare, the devil, the devil's in on the details. This was September third, two thousand and ten. Okay, now um, I'm going to try and see if I can find something else that might be a little bit more credible for some people who don't believe. You know, people talk about this. As people talk about it from from England, oh Forbes. Here we go. Forbes, April 23rd, 2009. The devil inside wired medicine. You know? You got to like people to they don't like yeah, they make these titles and stuff, but you got to understand if you're going to say the devil about anything or something, you're talking about something very dark. 
February February 9th, 2018 of this year, Boston University, disruptive new healthcare company, the devil will be in the details. You know, I'm just trying to raise awareness for people because we're, people are, our family members are sick, people get sick, the people are going in and out of the hospitals. Drugs are getting pushed every single day. It's not, and I'd also want to say, if you don't believe the devils are in the details or you don't believe that the devils is a pharmaceutical drugs, let me tell you something. For every drug that's released today, just give it about a few years before you see that well-known inf- commercial, infomercial about a, uh, a pending class action suit. Because if you had taken this drug between these years and these years and either had got some kind of, a, you know, your body shut down or you had to go, you know, your, something failed on you or some kind of thing where you're basically the quality of life has been taken away from you simply because you're taking a drug. This is why I don't run into healthcare so much. My people are from the islands. We have a lot of home care therapy. There's not really a lot that I haven't been able to cure on my own. I try to look for a lot of holistic therapies now if I can as much as possible. And I try to urge a lot of people to as well because the way they're pushing free healthcare is ridiculous. I know and I don't know what they're, look, all I know is when I was doing tax returns because I was a taxpayer as well and I still am. But I just know that there was a time when you didn't, if you didn't have health care during Obamacare, you were penalized on your tax return for that. So if you didn't have it, you were penalized. And the penalty was high. So not only do some people go to, because like we were at H&R Block. So H&R Block, they might be really good and go by the tax code and everything, but we were pretty pricey. And so it's like, um, my point is, you already probably have to take your fee to pay us out of your refund. You know how that goes. And then you probably had to get like, it was like 300 for people one per person. And then some people have like their wife, maybe, and those is, this is during the time when the recession hit. So a lot of people are doing bad. They're not working, let alone have insurance. And some people didn't have it. You have to have it the whole year if you didn't have it the whole year. And I'm so, I'm like, this is what Obamacare did. So at the end of the day, it's kind of like, it's, what kind of system force you to go? That's a way of, punishing you for not for choosing to not have it or not being able to get it which will make you go and get it so that in other words that you wouldn't be penalized and Obamacare is one of the worst things that ever happened so when if you don't understand that that is you have to understand that with these locked electronic records that happen and even my mom who's there they went from the whole old system to this new electronic system you think it's great because if you're having an asthma attack here they can know you have asthma they can get what to give you but do you have people who suffer from mental illness and other um, ailments who only go in there for a broken foot? but And they probably didn't sign off that you can have access to their electronic records. But then you got people that's working in healthcare that are lackadaisical and you only go there to collect a paycheck. They don't cover their butt, so to speak. And I've seen it with my own family members and you know people that I know. That's what my mom always tells me. Don't leave anybody in the hospital. You got to always check on them. Don't leave them there. Stay with them. Always check on them because things happen. Okay, people get careless. She works there. She knows over 20 something years, going 30 years. So long story short, long story short, um, they'll access your records. You only went there for a broken foot, but just because they see that you might have history of mental illness, they'll treat you differently and then they might even put you in and hold you extra two to three days. I've seen it happen. This is what Obamacare is doing. You need to wake up. That's the devil. 
And then I've also seen like my mother's friend who's also in healthcare with her, who's friends with her from back home from the islands, who her grandmother babysitted him. And uh, lo and behold, everybody just miraculously, you know, by God's grace, ended up being in the States and some, some of people in the same state and now working together over, for over 20 to 30 years. He's in healthcare as well. And he suffers from diabetes. So he had an incident where he went to a hospital in Long Island. I'm just telling you what's going on. And um, he already had an insulin shot. And he was sleeping and he woke up because the nurse woke him up. And she said, wake up, wake up. You got to have your shot. And he's like, no, no, no. Wait a minute. I already had my shot. And she's like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, it's time for you to wake up. You got to have your shot. She's like, no, no, no. Wait a minute. I don't have my shot. Because he's smart. He knows. Unless he's in healthcare, but he's a diabetic. So he knows. You can't give me another shot. I can go into a diabetic, about diabetic coma. You know, like, you could kill me. So he's just, like, pleading. But then at the same time, he also works in the psych ward at the same hospital as my mom. So he knows how to keep calm and talk to people in a certain way. So he calmed down. And he was like, wait a minute, hold on. He's like, oh, miss. He's like, I know I understand you got to do your job. He's like, but just take a second and just look at your chart. Just look at your chart and check your name. What patient are you looking for? And she looked at the chart. And lo and behold, it was not him. It was another patient that she was looking for. And instead of even saying, I'm sorry, I apologize, she just, like, bolted out of the room. Okay? That's why you don't leave your people alone. And then I also know people in healthcare from family members and friends and stuff after a while, especially those that have been there for a while and seen a lot. I guess because they're just so traumatized, like, from what they've seen, what they what maybe they don't tell or whatever, or something they do tell. They hardly want to go into the doctors because a lot of people believe this, that they are fine before they go into the doctor. And then once they go to the doctor, the doctor says something, and now all of a sudden something manifests in their mind, and that manifestation in their mind all of a sudden makes something manifest in their body as an illness. They didn't want to go. They said, like, everything's, they, they, my mommy said, it's just like everything seems like, because everything seems like it's fine, so you go to the doctor, you know? Like, I listen to my mom, and my mom's there in healthcare. Like, why she wouldn't say that to me if she wasn't, you know what I'm saying, if it wasn't for something? It wasn't, she wouldn't say that to me. And, and like, even like, even if I go to, like, I had to have an oral surgery and I wasn't shoes pulled and I had to go under. I'm almost like, you can't go by yourself. She wouldn't even go with me. She's like, somebody has to go with you. And, you know, she was very concerned. But this one, if she trusted healthcare like that, she would because it's just weird, you know. So a lot of people are just collecting paychecks. You have to remember that there's abortion doctors and I'm not judging any, whatever. Look, look, we know what's wrong, right? Not, I'm not here to talk about that right now. All I'm simply saying is, do you know there's a... You're, there are doctors there that do that for a daily basis and could care less about the moral aspect of it. And they can go to lunch and eat a lobster and some, 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 some watercress sandwiches with the crust cut off, wash their hands and go back and literally rip children from and for a paycheck. You have to understand science and medicine. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Okay, so um, like I said, that's how we go there. And then, you know, we have the positive ID thing now, the implantable microchip. They used to use it on dogs. Now they're using it on family companies. They're trying to sell it on people to say if someone um, gets lost. You think about the term aphrodisiacs for certain drugs like, um, you know, Viagra or whatever. Aphrodisiac comes from the Greek goddess Aphrodite. This is all pagan stuff. So, um, say, satanic medical field, the satanic medical field, in my opinion, is the number one killer of human beings because Big Pharma makes a lot of money. Um, a lot of people die. When people die, there are a lot of people that harvest organs. I want to do an episode on um, satanic people, um, people who check off that they want to be organ donors who are on lists. Uh, believe it or not, they'll, they'll be, I don't want to scare anybody, but if you're woke, you should know that. They know who you are, you know, and I don't mean to scare anybody, but 
it's not funny. I just mean that they know you. They know who you are. You know, and and things things happen to people like Saul. Except for you know, they they'll you know you'll be walking out your job next thing you wake up somewhere else in a tub of ice or something. And it's not funny. You know what I'm saying? Because people did like organs. People are trying to live all the time. There's people. There's people around this world. They're satanic and they're disgusting and they have money and they'll pay, you know, and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, you should think about that. Now, I want to think about if there's anything else that I want to say about that, but there isn't. I think I felt like, as I said, just about every single thing that I wanted to say um, and just to stay woke. And, you know, my feelings at the end of the day is, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you're going to want to save somebody's life. You put in a situation, you want to save somebody's life. I'm not, I don't want to say these things to judge anybody. What we're doing is we're bringing up God's word and then we're bringing it into retrospect with what's going on in the world today. We're also, as we're doing that, realizing that there's some things that we can't ignore that we have to admit, whether it's the ugly truth or not. I personally have had so much um, bad experiences with the healthcare system pertaining to family members who have felt mental illness, who I am have guardianship over and I've seen it go so horribly wrong right before my eyes as a guardian being taken in not signing papers not giving them permission to treat them them treating them and then you speak up and then they do things and hold them and or or um I've, I mean it gets it gets so bad when I mean when I say they violate rights it's, it's I can't even begin to tell you but all I'm simply saying is that um you don't really have any rights anymore under Obamacare. It seems like the hospitals seem to have more rights. It's the same way that like a lot of people think they have a lot of rights over their children, but you don't. The state owns your children, which is why the state has the right, if they feel like, to come in and take your children away from you. If the, straight, if the, if the government didn't have any power over the children or your children, how is it that they can have agencies set up to come in and take your children from you? Okay? Family court breaks up the families and all this other stuff as well. So when it comes down to the healthcare system, just um, watch yourself. Obviously, if you had a broken bone, go in, get your cast fixed. You know, if you need a little penicillin and you when you actually do that, then go ahead. There's a lot of people that I know they're not even on heavy drugs. They get hurt and then they prescribe them something. They take something. They feel so dopey. They hate it. it takes so it takes a few days for their body to get back on track they hate it so much how it makes their mind feel how their head feels there's people who's um, suffering mental illness they give them all these pharmacia magical potions and it makes them feel worse than what they is they don't want to take them but then it doesn't help them so they're walking around you know aimlessly and and really what they probably need is good prayer and exorcism i'm not going to say i'm not going to keep denying the fact that i believe that i believe that a lot of it has to do with some kind of um entity that has manifested it in within maybe more than a lot more than one more than two than three but that's enough for now that's enough that's enough that's enough if you're still listening god bless you <laughs> like i say from time to time um hope this episode helps somebody i'll see you all a little later love you all um stay blessed stay strong i hope everybody's reading if you want to get in touch with me you can reach me at uh, who's on the who's on the lord's side everyone.com you could also follow me on the gram, the prisoner of the Lord. Okay, see you next time, guys.